Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning. Mari, 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 Jojo's World. It's the day of days, Liam. It is. Well, for us it's Saturday, like... Saturday, 10th of November. <laughs> it's not a Thursday at all, which is inconvenient for synergistic purposes, but... It's finally here. Thursday. Finally here. Finally. Thursday. <laughs> I can't remember how that meme goes. <laughs> Is that even a meme? You know the JoJo's coming out thing where it's like, we're finally here. Oh, Egypt. Yeah. And they turn it to, it's finally here. It's finally Friday. Friday. <laughs> Thursday. Finally. Oh man. Sir Thursday is the fourth book in Garth Nix's Keys to the Kingdom series in which each of the villains slash demigods are named after the days of the week. Did you say he was the third one? I may have. I meant to say fourth. <laughs> he was the third one. Monday being the first and Sunday being the second. Look, Nick, I can't be expected to keep track of all the things that I may or may not say. <laughs> Thursday's child is full of woe. Oh man, that's grim. It's really grim. That's why she's called Thursday Adams. I am Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts, who did not appreciate the slandering of Wednesday in such pun-like manners. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> this is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. We barely recap or discuss well, we JoJo's Bizarre We talk around the subject of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure <laughs> before inevitably veering off to God knows whatever dark d- deeds. Hey, talking about dark deeds and or dark souls. I'll allow it. I'd like to address Paddy from the Twin Humanities podcast right here Right now. Patty, we've got our eye on you. We know what you did and we're coming for you. I mean, you might be. I'm way too weak for that. I'm very small. Uh, Joseph Joestar is my fitspiration. <laughs> also big boss. <laughs> Just either or, really. Yeah. Young or old, both. But of which one? Both. But enough about me. What were you going to say? So, ages ago, I can't remember when. Like, maybe like three weeks ago. Yeah, like a year or something. So, Patty basically said, hey, Nick. Stop being a shithead. Okay, I can help with this. Okay. Nick was going on one of his signature rants about ads that we watched for PlayStation VR game Astro Bot. And let me tell you, I was not pleased. Paddy was kind enough to tweet us, Nick is wrong. Again. This game is good. I disagreed firmly. We're just recapping our own lives now. I disagreed very firm because I was like, no, it can't Recapping be that good. and discussing. Yeah. You know, I felt like at the time, I was correct. Then I went to PAX, right? The PlayStation Access Expedition. Nope, not not even remotely. The Penny Arcade Expo in Melbourne. Australia? Yeah, the very same. Whoa. Yeah. So I went there, and at the PlayStation booth, they had a whole bunch of, like, VR stations where you could go and sit on what can I Let me guess how the conversation went. The guy went, hey, do you like VR? And you said, not really. And he said, no one's ever said that to me before. Were you there? (laughs) You seem to have this encounter a lot. I do. That was actually exactly what happened. And now my anecdote is ruined. Thank you. Um, I'm like a regular Joseph Joestar. (laughs) No, but this is what you said. Uh, So basically I went there and there are all these VR booths, right? And I sat in what can only be described as the least comfortable stool I've ever sat in and went, well, this is going to be a fuck of a time. I think you sit on stools, not in them. This one? It was definitely in. It was like weirdly curved. Uh, it like had some back support. 
No. It made it look like it. It would, yeah. have, would have some back support. Any kind of support, but instead you're like... This is up. JoJo's World, our seating discussion <laughs> podcast. You know, you I want... give this stool a negative armchairs. You know, you want like a good ergonomic lumbar supporting kind of vibe, you know? But this was just like, ooh. That, that was me doing a Anyway, motion. Astrobot. It's pretty good. Um, Case closed. So, fuck you, Patty, for being right, you son of a bitch. Like, it's interesting because, like, I think... We value reason... your contributions to the podcasting community. So the fucker said that it basically works off, um, like, your expectations of what's going to come. And he was exactly right in that. But I think what's interesting is that it's the first VR game I've played where the VR headset feels like a controller in of itself. Because there are these bits where you're running along, your little Astro Boy's running along. Astro Bot. Sorry, your little Astro Bot's Not running Not to be along. confused with Astro Boy, who is, of course, a bot. That is also true. <laughs> so he's basically running along and you either can't move the camera position. Uh, so you have to like look around using the VR headset, which is like, oh, great. It's a gimmick that's been done a thousand times before. But sometimes you will either have to lean in really far to see where Astrobot's going, which is like, okay, sure, whatevs. Or use your headset to headbutt things. And I was cool. like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. So from what I played... It was like, oh, this is actually using the headset in a way that isn't just something that could be used with a controller because I actually have to physically headbutt the thing that I'm doing. Great. Okay, then. Now okay. we're cooking with something fun. Well, I'm glad you had fun. Shall we move on? No, never. <laughs> yeah, yes. Today we watched. <laughs> <laughs> this is about JoJo's, isn't it? The 31st episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. Which is also the 105th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole. Ooh. It's entitled July 15th, parentheses, Thursday, end parentheses, part one. It covers chapters 398 through... Okay, okay, it gets complicated. <laughs> uh-huh. I was going to talk about this later, but I think we have to talk about it now just because of how it messes up the chapter count. So it covers chapters 398 through chapter 401, but also chapters 405 and 412. Because what they've done with this amazing little arc, Thursday, July 15th, is they have um, taken what in the manga were the next three arcs and interspersed them them so they're all happening in the same day to create a feeling of building tension as the investigation is closing in on Kira. So Yoshihiro becomes more and more desperate about sending enemy stand users against our heroes. I see. It's super cool. Okay. So it's sort of like they've they've done... um... They've done a... What was the one where it was like before... 32 short films about Springfield. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, (laughs) but no. Um, It's sort of like how they moved What's-Her-Face Loves Koichi. Kind of, but But, instead of moving, it's all happening at the same time. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, I'm super into it. So many moving parts, Liam. With that said... Uh Uh-huh. It doesn't work. No, um, it's great. (laughs) Uh... It just might make things a little more complicated for our recapping in the next few weeks, so uh, bear with us. Okay. Did you know, Liam, that today's episode of JoJo's World has been brought to you by the oftentimes cited as pretty cool by people that they probably are friends with, Andrea Ochoa. Andrea Ochoa. I don't know if it's actually Ochoa or Okoa. Well, we'll do our best. I mean, I prefer to think it's Ochoa just because of the Ocho from Dodgeball. The eight show is, of course, the number eight, I think. Yes. Um, which ESPN is, of course, eight. what they called 
Herbie the love bug in Herbie Goes Bananas. I'm sorry? You know, the car? Yeah. I'm aware of the car. Because he's got 88 on him. Oh, wouldn't they have to call him Ocho Ocho then? I don't think that's how that number works. Or would you call it Ocho Ochoa? No, oh, no. no. no not, not that. Not that. Thank you, Andrea Ochoa. We appreciate your contributions to the podcasting community, namely us. Specifically. And no one else. Well, we don't know, but also... No, I mean, don't give it to anyone else. Just oh, us. I see. Just give us the money. Give me money. Yes. Now, please. Nick. Yeah? I want to share with you... <gasps> some words of wisdom. Is it time? From our friend, mm-hmm. Hirohiko Araki. So, as I mentioned... These might get a little slapdash with the chapters they correlate to over the next few weeks just because of the um, format changes. Yeah. But we'll do our best. Okay. From volume 43 of The Diamond is Unbreakable Manga. Gotcha. Workplace Wildlife Watch Part 1. What? Okay. Wait, hang on. Before we get into this, please tell me there is a part two. Yes. Oh my god. Okay, go on. Well, actually, the name seems to have changed next time, but... We'll get to that eventually. Can he just conclude his things? Can he just conclude his things? No. Ah, fucking hell. And there's also a fetching picture of Hirohiko Araki standing in front of some some void art. Some sort of mosaic, which just has a big dark void in the centre. Are you sure it's not just a tunnel? Actually, it's a tunnel that a a roadrunner painted onto the side of a mountain (laughs) and then ran through. Fair, fair. Workplace Wildlife Watch Part 1. The most common bug we see in the studio is the ladybug. It gets through the screen door like it's nothing. It seems like it flies to the door, then it climbs up over it somehow. I check the top of the door, and sure enough, there's a three millimeter gap right at the top of the frame. That must be how they get in. They don't sting or anything, so whenever we see them, we just shoo them back outside. But then they always find their way back in. So my house has a lot of moths in it. Cool. (laughs) No, not cool, Liam. Not cool. How do they smell? Terrible. I'm his roommate. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it's not fun. They're literally fucking everywhere. Like last night, I went to get some water, and I got a moth in my water because they were just flying around. That's not okay. No, it's not. And I just went, oh, so this is what it feels like to live in depravity. I used to live in the same general area as you when I was younger. Um, Mm -hmm. And my least favourite thing about that was when it came to moth breeding season. Yes. And you would find on your walls those weird little, like, almost like Velcro-y patches of moth egg. Uh, what? That would occasionally happen. Would it? When a moth got into your house at just the wrong time of the year and was like, I'm going to lay my gross eggs right on this wall. Hey, bro. Do uh, Do you like moths? Guess what's going to happen in like a week or two? Yeah, floor's going to be covered in maggots. <laughs> unless you scrape these off. Oh, ugh. Yeah, no, moths, fuck them. Ladybugs would actually be pretty But Nick, nice. moths are the hot new meme. Uh, but why? Why are moths the new meme? Why? I don't know. The internet. That's fair. That's a fair rebuttal. Yeah. So shall we just talk about the episode for once in our goddamn lives? I guess. Uh, preliminary thoughts? <laughs> um... A lot of setup. A lot of setup. A lot of setup. These are my thoughts. So there was three arcs here, of course, and two of them I'd say were entirely set up. Mm. Um, one of them, we could probably got about two thirds of the way through, I'd estimate. Yeah, but to be honest, it was just like everything is set up and the payoff is going to come soon. But you can feel it. You can feel that tension building. <sighs> Buddy, they're closing in. It's all happening. All these time skimps. (laughs) Back and forth. I was very particular about writing down the times of the, um, of all the cuts, different zones, Mm -hmm. um, this episode. So I noticed for the first time that 
the ones where we see um, Tomoko happen much earlier uh, in the day than mm. than the chronological order that most everything else seems to be presented in. Yeah. Unusual. But fine. Yeah, why? Hmm. I have many questions about Tomoko. Like, does she work at night or is she like out on the town? She's just coming home from something mm. or is it just like... More on that later. She's just a cool We person. open. Oh, yeah? It's July 12th. Monday, 505pm. I'm sorry, I was not promised a Monday. I'm here for Thursday-based content and <laughs> Thursday-based content only. Nice. It reminds me of, um, I think I told you this, the Carl Sagan thing. Where it's like, in order to eat an apple, we must first create the universe. And it's like, in order to- I think to- the phrase is, bake an apple pie from scratch. Oh. Man, that's way lamer. I just want to eat an apple. I don't like apple pie. Yoshihiro Kira is flying around being like, oh, I've got to protect my son. All these guys who are ostensibly good guys are closing in on my son and I've got to protect him. Okay, yes, but like questionably good guys. We know for a fact that Josuke is... Everyone hates Josuke. He's quite an arsehole. (laughs) Poor unpopular Josuke. Oh, Josuke. But all the schoolgirls like him. Wait, did they? Yeah, remember? They're always like, hey, Josuke, how's it going? Oh, Jotaro, don't talk bad about Josuke's hair or he'll get angry at you. What does he do? And then Hazamata makes Surface look like Josuke and gets really bitter that all the girls are like, hey, Josuke slash Surface, how's it going? Uh... And he's like, I'm going to die alone if I don't murder someone first. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jotaro is talking to a Speedwagon Foundation agent being like, yeah, keep an eye on the crime reports or any missing people or runaways. Joseph is also there, calming the invisible baby, being like, do you think Kira will strike again? And Jotaro thinks, yes. Turns out, murderers can't control their impulses. And that means that he'll probably murder again soon. Mm -hmm. Double meanwhile, the boys, Koichi, Josuke, and Okiyasu, are hanging out at the Osuns. Raimi's not there. You'd think they could have asked her along, since it's like the one place she can be. Oh, savage. They're all like, ah, no clues yet. That sucks. Are you sure that we can't do anything, though? Uh, Jodoro just said we should just be students, and Okiyasu's like, I don't want to be students. I want to hunt serial killers. <laughs> we call it him once, we can get him, he does some punching motions. Triple meanwhile. Rohan's at his house, looking at his photographs, his big old binder of um, commuters. <laughs> his big binder of bad bozos. Yep. The quadruple B. And he's there, and he's like, ah, oh, yep. Gotta repair my house from that fire. We started doing some renovations. Uh, And then meanwhile, within that meanwhile, (laughs) sub-meanwhile, Yoshihiro, uh, as a photograph, is crammed up against the window being like, oh, they're closing in. I need to make a heap of stand users. Stat. Then he flies away. And then, OP. No. What? He's flying through the sky being like, gotta make stand users. And he sees... Kasaku Kawajiri, a.k.a. Yoshikage Kira, serial killer and hand fetishist, walking down the street. And what should he see upon Kasaku Kawajiri but a left hand, the original left hand of Yoshikage Kira, which was not switched out by, uh, yep, yep, Dr. Ayasuji. And he zooms in on those fingernails being like, I know those fingernails. Those are my beautiful son's fingernails. You can tell because of how sharp and full of murderous intent they are. (laughs) A father always knows his son. Anyway, gotta go make more stands. OP. Take it higher. Etc. Good stuff. Yep. You uh, you pointed out Stray Cat. 
stray cat in one of those opening emblems between the breakdowns. I still don't think I caught it, but you were all like, see, it was a stray cat. And yeah. I, like, I, I guess it was a cat. And also we reflect on the Garfield uh, shots of <laughs> Kira holding the cat, where of course we know that cat's a place cat. in the world now. Yeah. Still not entirely sure what happened to the cat that they own, but... Wait, did they own a cat? Remember the first episode that Kosaku's family is in? Shinobu's all like, Kosaku, you shut the upstairs window and the cat got stuck on the tree again. Oh, yes? <laughs> but what if this was that cat? No, because she goes downstairs and she's like, oh, a British blue. Don't own one of those. Oh, that's a good point. Have we ever seen this cat? Have we ever seen this cat? Yes, only in that one episode. Weird. Okay. But the one in the OP is Stray Cat. Okay. Understood. Even though I'm pretty sure they looked basically the same. <laughs> They're all the same cat here. 7.50am. Thursday, July 15th. Koichi is running late for school. Oh, he's got his class duties. Cut away, it's 8.02am. Josuke and Okuyasu are walking through an idyllic sunflower field full of burnt out cars. Now, is this the same one where they met Alien Man? Unclear. Or... I thought that was tall grass at the time, but maybe it was not sufficiently summer yet. The sunflowers hadn't bloomed. Don't really know what their schedule is yeah. like. What about the one where they hunted down the rat? No, there was no really tall grass or such there. That was just like mm. an open field with sniper rocks. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> where was that? Um, it was in the small and town more of to the point. Who lives in that cabin in the woods by the lake? Well, that's a multifaceted question. <laughs> So they're walking. Josuke's sleepy. Okiyasu got plenty of sleep. He's been sleeping real well since he went to Tonio's restaurant who sorted out all his health problems. Hell yeah. <laughs> Where is Tonio right now? I would venture he's probably at Trusadi's or whatever it's called. It's not that. That's his surname. <laughs> Tonio's? No. Anyway, oh. uh, he's probably there cooking. They see some floor binocs. <gasps> floor binoculars? And Okiyasu's all like, look, Josuke, binoculars. Let's look at them. And Josuke's all, man, Okiyasu, you get so excited about things you find on the floor. Classic Okiyasu. I just love that he has that character trait that Josuke can point out. Yeah. It's like, man, you get way too excited about things on the floor, man. You gotta, like, reel it in. Look for things on tables. <laughs> yeah, they're probably cleaner. Those are probably filthy. And then the binocs speak and like, I'm not filthy, I'm an alien. Hi, it's me, Mikitaka. You remember? Ah, what a nightmarish apparition that we have <laughs> that we've borne witness to. <laughs> Once again, our plans to have an ordinary day are thwarted by bumping into a guy who says he's an alien. <laughs> so he's there, and Okiyasu is all like, so level with us. You're not an alien, right, are you? You're just messing with us. I thought I'd been quite clear from the beginning well, that... He's speaking in like a real robot voice. And he's like, yes, I am an alien. And they're like, why are you talking like that now? <laughs> what if the entire point of this part is to prove that A, ghosts exist. Proven. B, aliens exist. Or do they? No, that this is the point of the part. I want to believe. C, sentient robots exist, but they're aliens. Ah... And D, that the sentient robot aliens were ghosts all along. Yeah, that adds up. Yep. Yep. So he's there, he's Binox, and he's like, So, I turned into binoculars because I saw something, and I wanted to see you guys seeing it. So, anyway, I waited here. Whoa, man. <laughs> look, look at that electrical pylon over there. It's not in use. And turn into binoculars, fly into Okiyasu's hand. 
Oh wow, look, there's like housing shit in there. It Could someone possibly be living there? You oh. see, Josuke exposits about the history of Morio infrastructure. Tell me more. They used to use these towers for the power cables, but then they put them all underground, so they're not really used anymore. Huh. Huh. That's pretty shitty of them, but that's fine. You think they could tear them down and turn them into scrap or something? No. Or at least repurpose no, them as cell phone no, transmission towers. No, no, Although perhaps no, no, they aren't really so no, needed right now. No, none of that. Perhaps in like another five years. No. They must remain there as a reminder of our brutal... Heritage listed. Exactly. This one useless electrical pylon just standing there. Every other one can be torn down, but that specific one... Sidebar, you may have noticed uh, in the OP retroactively this week that there is a shot of like the sun and clouds moving over one of these electrical pylons. I dare say this very electrical pylon. With the bird? Yeah, with the bird. I mean, I did notice this from the very beginning, but (laughs) the bird. And look, about 20 metres off the ground on one of the struts is a kettle boiling tea. And about five metres above that, then we cut to this beautifully animated shot of a guy catching a fish. (laughs) So what I don't understand here is... Okay, so he yanks the fish out of the water and then he slaps it into... Immediately onto a hot pan. Okay, so it's onto the hot pan. Yep. And it's not even like catches the fish with his hands. It's like straight from water to pan. Very coordinated. Very Food Wars, I assume. I don't know. Very fresh. Uh, (laughs) Thumb to table. But then he cuts it open while he's cooking it. Like almost immediately. Yeah, I guess... That fish got a real raw deal, pardon the pun. Oh! I mean, that's what I would have said even if cooking wasn't involved. Oh my god. Oh. Because cooking was involved, it's just, oh. Also, he grabbed a cucumber off the, um, off like a, a vine growing on the thing and cut that in half on the same. Hmm. Look, he's so self-sufficient. He doesn't have to worry about capitalism at all. Oh man, that'd be the dream. That'd be the dream. That'd be The Good Life, starring... Um, oh, what's his name? What's her name? Um, two very famous actors from that very show. Yeah, The Good Life, a.k.a. it's also got another name. Does it? I think so. British comedy about self-sufficiency that we're liberally applying here because it might have some kind of relevance to jokes, but we can't remember anything. Jerry, etc. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So they're watching him, he's cooking, he's having a great time. Then he's walking along this strut and he seems to lose his balance in a comedically over-exaggerated fashion. Oh, oh, is he gonna... Oh, 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 he's falling. He's not falling. He's riding bolts across the centre of the gap of the thing. This isn't very Thursday, is it? The centre of the gap of the thing. Brow, brow. Prices are down. Anyway. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He rides across. He's fine. Great. Let's go check him out. Seems like he's a stand user. Is he an enemy? Unclear. He looks... I don't want to say completely insane. But this okay, is, yeah, yeah, we should talk about this guy's look. This is some next this tier JoJo. Let me pull up a picky so we can talk about him accurately. Because it's a very elaborate outfit. Okay, so the main thing I remember is on his face, he has these symmetrical kind of stitch paint, like stitches that are painted on yeah. kind of things that go from almost just under his eyes all the way down to his chin almost. Yeah. Uh, maybe not down to his chin. To his jawline. Yeah. He's got eyeshadow for days. He's wearing mostly green with like purple highlights. Mm. He's got a... Um... He's got a big sort of... It's not quite a beret because it has a... It's like one of those peaked caps. 
Ooh, like a little fun beret. Like a little it um, suck. Very extra version of like a cab driver's cap. It's very Jotaro, but smaller. Also, his eyes are constantly in shadow. That's what I mean, eyeshadow for days. Yep. Uh, he's got uh, iconography of butterflies and beetles on him. Uh, and his shirt comes down to like his top ab. Uh, he's got... Suspenders. They're not even really suspenders, no, to be honest. No, they are. They're suspending his very loose pants. But at the same time, they own... they are basically super nips. Where like they attach right where the nips would be and then suspenders come off of them. Right? Sure, if that's what you need. <laughs> It's all buttoned up. I think they're built into the sort of waistcoat thing he's wearing over his um, yes. purple tee. Yes. Yeah. And he's got abs for days. That's a look in the lookbook. Yeah. What does his pants look like? Big loose green pants. Oh man, classic. Classic JoJo's play. Big gold knee pads. Oh man, what a lad. Meanwhile, at 8.05am. Uh, so that's before any of this Yeah. Happened. Yes, or, okay. Mm. I'm with you. Koichi's walking down the street to school. <laughs> and he's stopped by a guy. We don't see the guy properly. We just see that he's got very dark tan skin uh, and white spiky hair. And he stops him with a hand on Koichi. He looks a bit like, from what we get of him, like Marek from Yu-Gi-Oh! But the Whoa. eviler version of Marek, because the hair's a bit more... Yeah, Bakuda. No, Marek. And oh. also you mean Bakura, who is not Marek. Oh. He's Bakura. Oh, damn. So Koichi's all like... Oh, hey, sir. Sorry, but I need to... And then he looks very scared. Cut to black. Meanwhile, at 8.11am... Which is before and after that? Before. Uh, it's about six minutes after that. Uh, which is, I suppose, how long it took for Josuke and Okiyasu to reach the transmission tower. Because that's what they're doing now. They're <laughs> arriving there. They're walking up and... Uh... It took six minutes to walk that far? Yep. Jesus Christ, they are lazy. <laughs> Once we finish this, we're going to have to go to school, so we may as well take our time. <laughs> They're there, they're walking, uh, and he's like, no, don't, stop, don't come any closer, I just took a shit. Wait, what? How, what? How does that even work? Where does it go? What? And then spray pipes start spraying out his pee all over the, the garden down below, and they're like, ah! And they run away, and it's quite comical. And he's all like, see? You're gonna get urine and or feces on you, and I use this this way because it will feed the wildflowers yes. beneath us. I've got Asiatic day flowers, mountain udo, and watercress. They're all edible wildflowers. The de <laughs> the upside of this is that if I wanted to catch, say, a rabbit that will come and eat the wildflowers, I can simply catch it here. In this clever snare. And then I can eat meat for days. You see, it's all logical. It's completely self-sufficient. I'm off the grid. I don't have to worry about working a day job or paying my bills because I own this tower that I bought from the electrical company for a hundred thousand yen and no one knows how much that is. Also, I get a lot of exercise moving around the tower I live in. Look at my abs. I don't know how I don't get sunburnt up here or if it doesn't get really hot in the summertime, but oh well. I live on an electrical pylon. I'm cool. <laughs> so Josuke and Okiyasu are like, what the? Also, look at the view. Oh yeah, there's the briefest shot of a view. Yeah. Look at the beautiful yellow Mario sky. It's like this comical, like, look at the view. Da -da -da. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, um, hey, uh, why do you live there? I've lived here for three years. Uh, okay, what? I haven't touched the ground in a month. Well, uh, I'm normal. Yeah, but why? W what? Well, let's not get into that. <laughs> and they're all like, well, he's weird. But he's not going to attack us. Let's go. So he comes down on like a little bungee cord. Mm -hmm. No, uh, no, sorry. he Absent. does not. Oh? 10.15am. <gasps> Meanwhile, 
Rohan Kashibe's at his house, looking at all his photographs, and he's like, hey, there's a young boy with a video camera looking at the businessmen, doing what I'm doing. Pan across the businessmen, and they seem to get progressively more sinister as we pan across. Like, there's just a couple of normal looking guys. Then there's this one guy with, like, these really arched eyebrows, and then there's <laughs> Kiro next to him. Wait, what? How come arched eyebrows means evil? He just had, like, this expression on his face, just like, Bruh. That's fair, that's fair. It's like, um, you know those, the classic one is like the evolution of man where it's like monkey and like various stages of Neanderthal yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like a dude walking upright. It's like that, but with increasingly sinister businessmen. <laughs> Darwin's theory of fucking assholes. Who's this kid? Oh, and also Rohan's outfit. Oh yes, it's He seems changed. to be wearing a palette swapped version of his usual round the house gear where it's that, um. Little holes. That in... vesty little hole sweater thingy with... Mm. It's a black version of that, which doesn't cut off at the midriff, <gasps> and uh, sort of red jodhpurs. Would we say red, not maroon? I don't care. What do you- Excuse me? The whole point of this show is the fashion. That's Liam. true. When have you ever not commented on the fashion? That's true. Maybe I'm coming down with something. Oh, and we can see prominently outside the window is a guy. A guy we see in the opening. A guy just sort of leaning against a tree or whatever. Who looks like Tintin, but really fucking heavily... Tantan. Tantan. He looks like Tantan, the drug addict from hell. I thought he smelled bad on the outside. Um, Terrible, I'm his roommate. (laughs) He's there, he's wearing like a big tan long coat, and he's got like just a tuft of hair, and the rest of it's bald. He looks weird. As I've said to you before, I'm pretty sure we see him in a... um, flash In the flashback that Hazamata has, where he's explaining how he knows Rohan lives here. Back in uh, Let's Go to the Manga Artist's House. Now, I don't remember this, but I'm sure he's there. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Uh, So he's just in the shot for a while. He's not doing anything at the moment until at the very end of the scene, we just like, shoom, in on him. More importantly, Rohan's like, this kid, looking at people. What's he up to? What's his name? Get out, magnifying glass, read name on backpack. Hayato Kawajiri. Interesting. I wonder if that has something to do with some other guy named Kawajiri. Interesting. This informs my investigation. Hmm. Inconclusive. Doubt. <laughs> we're really, we've really memed it up today. Yeah, we've really gone into L.A. Noir on this podcast <laughs> in a way I'm about. Meanwhile, it's 7.33am. Oh my god. It's before anything has happened. Tomoko comes home from something. What exactly? I'm not totally, is it her job? Morning shift? Maybe? Don't know. The house is dark and silent and it's scary. There's a big silence sound effect. Josuke, have you left for school yet? Josuke, she walks into the darkened kitchen. Why is she not turning on the lights? Not clear. So she... Gotta keep those electricity bills down. Yeah, every penny counts. Mm-hmm. Single mother. Working She's not, su- not supported by her, um, her granddad's police payroll anymore. Ooh. Oh, sorry, her dad. Josuke's granddad. Yes. So I expect there's potentially... Mm, I don't know. Do you think there'd be some sort of pension that would come off the death of a... Um, I assume so. Or would that only be for a widow, something. not a daughter? Ooh. Well, I imagine it would be for the daughter if they're living together. There must Do you be think Josuke's need to engage in get-rich-quick schemes is a result of having a financially precarious living situation? Or does he just want that cash? You know, as someone who also wants that cash, <laughs> I feel like he just wants that cash. Fair enough. But is the reason he doesn't have that cash driving his want for it that, I don't know, mum doesn't give him much pocket money because they can't afford to? Ooh, now we're getting to the real shit. Could it be that a childhood of constant 
nagging and meandering has brought about a need for excitement and drama in his life. I feel like Josuke's powers, uh, the crazy diamond ability to fix things, would reduce otherwise fixed costs when it comes to like wear and tear of clothing and just other things breaking. But also, his own body cannot be repaired. Mm. And isn't that And he does get into a lot of wound-inflicting situations. (laughs) His medical bills are probably through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tomoko's hungry. She goes into the darkened kitchen and opens the fridge. What the hell, Josuke? What is this shit? Her favourite Kamakura custard has had a bite taken out of it and put back in the fridge. Now, my assumption up until watching this had been that the man that we soon see in a sinister pan across, the same man who was menacing Koichi earlier, who we don't see again mm-hmm. in a complete shot, is sitting in her dark kitchen. My assumption has been that he has done this, but also it's not out of character for Josuke to just take I... a bite and go like, ugh. Yeah, I would, have, I would have assumed it was Josuke, because that guy doesn't feel like someone who eats. He, <laughs> he seems, just menaces, he yeah, looms. He exists and, like, subsists off of shadows. Sure. Meanwhile, at 8.14am... Oh my god. When is this? Is this after Koichi got this is, stopped? This is at the tower. And yes, it is after Koichi got stopped. Ooh. They're gonna leave. But then, something falls out of his pocket, and he's like, oh... Don't worry about that photo. I'll get it. You guys definitely don't look at it. It's fine. Don't come closer, whatever you do. Yeah, anyway. And they're like, we're going to take a look at this photo. Get the binocs. And as you pointed out when we're watching it, the angles on this don't really add up. They are rather precarious. Because this thing is on a a raised up strut of the tower they're standing at the foot at. So they get the binoculars. Through the binoculars, they've got a, a bird's eye view of it. And they can see Yoshihiro seemingly standing up and like, I don't know, just being angry. Now... It could just be that off screen, uh, there's a mirror that's been created by <laughs> Mikitaka, maybe. Who is the binoculars, though? Yeah, so he's both. There's two Mikitakas. One's an alien, one's a stand user. <laughs> so Josuke's like, I knew Ghost Dad was behind this, gonna go get him. And he enters the perimeter of the electrical tower. And uh, then we hear the cackling laughter of this mysterious, self-sufficient man. Who should really be portrayed somewhat more nobly, but also not at all. So his name's Toyohiro Kanadaichi. Okay, I'm not going to remember that. <laughs> okay. And he's like, you've entered my zone! Ha ha! When you tell people to come in, they get suspicious and don't. But when you do the opposite, they're like, oh man, i got to enter that tower. Oh, I know that feeling too well. And Ghost Dad's like, you lured him in! You've done it with your superfly! I commend you! Golf clap! So what I love about this is that while he's saying this, he's pushing himself back using yeah, the arrow. Like he's an, in a canoe on dry land. <laughs> it's so good. It's <laughs> like, man, that makes perfect sense. Because he's landed and he's a photo. Mm. So of course he can't use his legs. Does he have any? Unclear. Mm. So yeah, Josuke tries to leave the thing and when he sticks his hand out, his body up to what is still within the bounds turns into metal with like nuts and bolts and stuff. Creepy. Yeah, very weird. My stand, Superfly. When you enter, you can't get out until the next person comes in. You'll become a part of the pylon. Ha 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 ha. It's like Old Mage. You know that card game? Nope. That's the one where you, like, pair off cards, and when you get pairs, you can discard them. But there's the Old Maid, which doesn't have a pair. Like the Joker? Yeah. You can play it with a deck of cards using a Joker. Right, I see. Or a dedicated Old Maid, like, for instance, a Queen of Clubs. Huh. Okay, I still don't get it. But and okay. the goal of the game is to empty your hand, but if you have the old mage, you can't empty your hand. So how do you get rid of... Oh, um, it, 
a turn in the game involves like asking someone to give you one of their cards and like you pick it you everyone fans them out and you pick a specific one. Oh, so you have to not pick the old mate right i get you just like society as uh <laughs> tower man says oh boy he does he's like it's just like society you don't want to get the old maid am i right or am i right <laughs> so he's like anyway i don't control this stand but it's mine uh, and i've been trapped in it for a while but now i'm not later hater uh and then uh hazamada's not hazamada uh mikataka's there and he's like okiyasu i want to help and he's like, no, you're just binoculars. Camera pans down. His lower body is still binoculars. Or like half binoculars. It looks like it's just his body's rolled up into general binocular shapes. And it's, he's just sitting on the floor like, I want to help. It's so good. <laughs> it's There's something weird about this episode where it's like, Mekitaka is funny Junji Ito. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of it. <laughs> With his eyes that look like they know too much. And his hair that just seems so sentient. Okiyasu and Josuke do a cool thing where they're like, he thinks he's trapped you, Josuke, but he doesn't know how cool we are. Yeah, Okiyasu, let's crush it. You want to crush it? Yeah, we're going to crush it. All right, so they start punching this thing. They get their stands at it. It's pretty cool. Um, it's a very intense moment of punching. That's the noise stands make. At which point, what's his face up in the top as he's coming, as he's climbing across a wall. He's like ziplining away. Yeah. But not even zipline, he just literally is... I think he was, like, doing a bit of a zipline, but then when this happened, the whole thing jutted and he lost his momentum and uh, had to grab on. Makes sense. So he's just kind of hanging there, yeah. like a monkey bar. Mm-hmm. But a wire. A monkey wire. Mm. Mm. Whoa, terrifying. But what you don't know is the pylon distributes the force throughout itself, then returns it. And then, like, metal versions of the hand and crazy diamond come out and punch them both real good. Josuke almost gets knocked out of bounds, thereby... I guess killed by turning completely into metal, but he grabs a tuft of grass and uses that to slingshot himself back in because that's how that works. Hey man, it was a weed, clearly. <laughs> a wildflower. Ah, they've got strong roots. And Okiyasu gets hit in the gut and starts to slowly bleed out. It's like, he punched a hole right through me, buddy. Oh, what a fantastic adventure as our good friend Okiyasu is gut shot and slowly dies. <laughs> He's just kind of there going, I'm sorry, buddy. This war's taking it out of me. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to zipline out of here now. And Mikataka's like, no, you're not. Because that's not a wire you're clinging to anymore. It's me all of a sudden. Wait, this this has implicate What? <laughs> what? what? And he's like, why were you an electrical wire? And Mikataka's like, thanks for asking. I'm an alien. And then we get the best shot of half the screen becomes his face going, what? And Okiyasu down below is like, wow, <coughs> coughs up blood. <laughs> you are useful after all. Yay. Yay. Everyone's like, woo, Mikitaka, Mikitaka. The whole crowd is there being like, yeah. man, this is the perfect stage for you to really flaunt your abilities. Congratulations, Mikitaka. You're, you're useful for one. Congratulations. Nice. Congratulations! He's achieved self-actualization <laughs> through the alien instrumentality project. Oh, man. Great. Mikitaka ties him up with the wire, hauls him back into the thing. Josuke gets out. Great. Now all Mikitaka has to do is get out. But, Superfly Man. I also forgot his name. <laughs> Good work. Good work. Tell your hero, I think. Don't fuck this up. You're the one that's meant to know the facts. Yeah, but you might be surprised to hear this. But a man who's trapped in a pylon forever doesn't exactly become the most recurring character. I'm a bit surprised, to be honest. <laughs> He's like, I've lived on this pylon for a long time, so I've got all these calluses. 
Which, by the way, look like fucking abs. Yeah, abs on his palm. And you're like, and in this callus, I have a razor blade. Gross. Now, now have you ever had a callus so strong, so self-repeating, that it could hold something within itself? It's a big razor blade. I mean, it's huge. It's It's not even thick. It's like like a a little Swiss Army knife blade that she just flicks out. Yeah, but it's got like, it's like a literal military knife. Yeah, it's got teeth to it, so when you cut someone with it, it'll do you... It looks like Speedwagon's knife that he attacks Jonathan with back in the day. It's like... It's this horrifying moment where it's like, yeah, that's right, calluses. You're like, what? By the way, this knife is covered in my callus pus. So if I cut (laughs) you, you'll get infected. Infected with what? What are you infected with? Well, this is the downside of living alone. I have many diseases. (laughs) I haven't been to a doctor in three years. I haven't touched the ground in a month. How did this guy get into this situation? Don't ask this question. His stand is super fly. It's bound to this tower. How do they know the names of their stands? Unclear. I mean, back in the day, a fortune teller would give you your tarot reading and and then make it up based on that. Sure. But like here, it's like, yeah, that's right. My power is super fly. Actually, you know, let's let's put aside the question of how he got into it for the the moment and Uh talk about super fly. Yes. We'll start... The myth, the legend. As we always do, uh-huh. with the Jojo Vele commentary for the stand, Super oh Fly. Oh boy, here we go. Super Fly for a white guy. That's not the song. No. Everybody fly now. Give it to me, Josuke. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Boy. Oh, I can't even do the voice. <laughs> and all the girls say I've got pretty nice hair. <laughs> not, not the right meter. Not at all. Not at all. Superfly. So I saw this fly and wondered, could it be a superhero? When I was a kid, Mm -hmm. there were these, well, free spirits around. They would live in caves, turn abandoned cars into their personal homes and stuff. For a moment, that sort of survival lifestyle might seem fun, laughs. We called them ladybugs. Nope. Do ladybugs not use cars as their home? No, they use manga studio offices. (laughs) (laughs) That's what informs... The character of Superfly is a free-spirited man who lives in caves. This is a pretty common joke throughout mm. the um the JoJo fan community. Joke slash is that a deliberate thing? Mm. Um, but consider for a moment how um I'm considering the stand Superfly uh-huh. is a giant iron tower, and the stand Tower of Grey is some sort of Superfly. <laughs> <laughs> So are you saying there's some form of parallel between a grey tower that is named Superfly and a fly with superpowers named Tower of Grey? Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Now, would you say it was intentional or entirely coincidental? Entirely unclear. (laughs) Hmm. I like to believe that Hirohiko Araki perceived this similarity, quote unquote, from the words of the f- community that apparently exists for this show and decided, yes, I will do this because I'm a genius. I will do it. I, I will observe this parallel that hasn't happened yet because I haven't written the thing yet. Indeed. <laughs> for I'm a genius and a visionary. Yeah, like Nostradamus. Um, I do want to point out that I certainly didn't just lose my train of thought. 
This is a very professional podcast. <laughs> People are paying us for high quality content. Oh yes, I want to point out that uh, in the manga translations that I've read, and also as referred to on the JoJo wiki, um, it's a transmission tower, not an electrical tower. Um, but it doesn't have any satellite dishes. Well, I don't know, man. For what? like phone lines, I guess. At least in the Crunchyroll translation we watched today, they explicitly talk about electrical wiring. Yeah, well, I guess it could be a communication tower for fiber optic networks. It is 1999. Yeah. Do with that what you will. <laughs> there is copper in those wires. But why Superfly? I'll tell you why Superfly oh. for a white guy. Go on. Superfly. Wait, a white guy? Yep. Oh. We're all just a bunch of whites here at JoJo's World. Whew! Okay, well then. Superfly is the third studio album by American solo musician Curtis Mayfield. Nice. Released in July 1972. Sick. It was released as the soundtrack of the Blaxploitation film of the same name. Nice. Let's find out what that was about. Wait, Blaxploitation? That was a genre of things like, um, Blackula or... Oh, um, so probably not so good then. <laughs> it's an interesting genre. Uh, it's... I don't think it holds up particularly from a modern reading, but yeah. they did some neat stuff within it, I guess. And it, I suppose at the time it would have been one of the more diverse casted mm. genres of film. Wait, is it is it one of those films that is a bit like Black Dynamite? Where yes, exactly. That's yeah. sort of, that, I think that was sort of a parody of that sort of stuff. So it's amazing then. <laughs> it concerns uh, Ron O'Neill starring as the character Young Blood Priest, nice, an African American cocaine dealer trying to quit the underworld drug business. Nice, but he can't get out. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. That's a long plot. Synopsis. Yeah, I'm not reading that. Man, I should watch this film. What's the reception like? Positive? Well, Nick, at the time of its release, there were many African-Americans displeased with the images of themselves portrayed in films such as Superfly, Sweet Sweetbacks, Badass Song, and Shaft. Okay. African-Americans voiced their opinion on the matter. Junius Griffin, the head of the Hollywood branch of the NAACP, stated, We must insist that our children are not exposed to a steady diet of so-called black movies that glorify black males as pimps, dope pushers, gangsters, and super males. Mm. So... Probably not so positive then. Mm. I see. But Black Dynamite is still good, right? That's We can still enjoy yeah, that's that. that's not really my thing. Oh. In conclusion... Racism is pretty shit. Yep, don't do it. And if you want to, uh, go fuck yourself and unsubscribe from our show. <laughs> really? bold, bold stance here on JoJo's World. <laughs> We've finally come out as, quote, against racism. We're not fans of not... Hey, Not if you're right. a bad person, we don't like you. Hey, if you're a Nazi, fuck off. If you're a Nazi, please come to my house and place your neck on the curb and I'll <laughs> do the rest. That's, un that's an ironic way to get fucked. That's not what I was going to do. Oh. Superfly is also a song from that same album by Curtis Mayfield. Sick. The lyrics celebrate the craftiness and determination of the film's main character. The song plays over the closing credits. Mm. Superfly. He's real sneaky and shit. The bass line and the rototom percussion break from the song's introduction, formed by Joseph Lucky Scott and Master Henry Gibson, respectively, mm -hmm. have been repeatedly sampled in songs including Beastie Boy's Eggman, the Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die intro, and Nelly's Tilt Your Head Back, featuring Christina Aguilera. What? Eggman? <laughs> Eggman, can we trust him? 
No, he's stolen too many animals as it is. And the Chaos Emeralds. <gasps> he finally has the Chaos Emeralds. Man, Shadow's going to be pissed. Let's never talk about Sonic again. Until we do our Patreon bonus episode oh, on it God. in, I'm gonna say, December. <laughs> Patreon.com slash JoJo's World for that and much more. Shameless plug. Oh, I got a lot of shame. Moving on. So there's this electrical pile on Superfly. It's now captured Josuke. And he's all like, I can't no, get Josuke's out. Josuke's escaped. Mikataka has been captured. Oh, Mikataka. Now he's like, oh, I've got you tied up, Toyohiro. And Toyohiro's like, no, you don't. I'm going to cut the wire that you're on. And has a uh, callous knife. <laughs> yeah, with his gross callous knife. And um, Mikataka's all, huh, you probably thought that wire was part of me. But it's not. It's the wire from the original pylon that you were on before. And he's all, oh, I don't care. I'm free falling right now, but it's fine. Catch myself. Uh, and then the cut energy that he put in the, th- in the wire... Shoots out like a bullet into um, into his upper chest, like a bullet, and he looks in a real bad way, and he's falling. And then Toyohiro jumps and does like a tactical land on one of the bars of the wire where some bolts are arrayed. Those bolts reverberate with the energy of the land, shoot through the air, and pin through Mikataka's wall, uh, through his arm, pinning him to one of the vertical struts of the. Uh, Tower. It's super gnarly. Looks like it would hurt a lot. You just hate when you get your arm confused for a wall. Yeah, it happens all the time. Hey girl, you uh, you want to see some architecture? Check out this forearm. They'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with this? Like, it's my wall. That's what it is. That's nothing. <laughs> it's something. It could be something. <laughs> there's a pun here. I know there's you a pun. You want to see some architecture? Because this is load-bearing flex. <laughs> I think that was alright. It's fine. I mean, it was better than check out my forearm. Mm. Or should I say the foreman? You want to see some architecture? Because these pythons are sick. (laughs) (laughs) Just... (laughs) Do you reckon you could walk into a hospital and be like, Hey girl, do you want to see some sick shit? Because I'm really I've got tuberculosis. (laughs) Oh no. Hey girl, you walk into a hospital. These pythons are sick and you're holding live snakes. And she's like, no, take them to a vet hospital. And you're like, oh, okay. No, it's like, these pythons are sick. It's like, why are you here? Oh, because they're seriously digging into me right now. Take me away. I'm being bitten by poisonous snakes. (laughs) He's leaving and they're all like, we'll chase you forever. And he's like, no, you won't. You can't even find Yoshikage Kira. I'm very well informed. At 10.42... Rohan looks through his peephole after someone knocks at the door. That guy's there! That's a wrap on Rohan this episode. He's really close to the door as well. Mm. He's like, hey, buddy. It's 8.14am. The darkened kitchen of the Higashikata house. There's like a knife strewn on the floor and general other signs of a struggle. (gasps) Also (gasps) 8.14am. Koichi's book bag is strewn carelessly in the bushes on the side of the road. No sign of him or Tomiko. Spooky music. 10.38am. Kira's doing business work at his job. His nails are growing at an alarming rate. Hayato is also in school, looking out the window, being like, I gotta get my dad who's not my dad. Gotta get him so hard. To be continued. What? 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 Thus concludes the first part of Thursday, July 15th. 1999. 1941. Hitler rises to power. <laughs> uh... Timeline's a bit off there. <laughs> so, Nick. What? 
Highlights and lowlights for Thursday, July 15th. Okay, without a doubt, my highlight has to be the fact that everyone is like, man, Josuke, what the hell is wrong with that kit? Pisses me off this so much. Just sort of a general highlight for part four, is it? Yes. <laughs> just, I guess, Tomoko being like, man, that Josuke. So rude. Oh, who even does Eating that? my Kamakura custard. Yeah. Because everything else is a bit like, oh, okay, it's just pretty normal JoJo's fair. But this is like, oh, Josuke. Josuke. Is he the bad guy? No one likes him very much. He's, he's not that mean, you know? He's a pretty good guy. I mean... He's liberal with the beatdowns if you cross him. <laughs> yeah. And pretty much everyone dislikes him from manga artist to mother. But to be fair, mother aside, they did all cross him <laughs> in... Ways of varying lethality. I guess, yeah. But Yukako seems to be alright with them these days. She was at the cafe with Okuyasu and Josuke that time. Yeah, but maybe that's therapy. You know, maybe that's like, yeah, so if you're going to be with Koichi, you got to know a few things about Koichi. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. And then she's all like, I can do that. Oh, wait, Josuke. Oh, and she's like, never make me hang out with them again. <laughs> Your highlight, Mr. Smith. My highlight is that one shot of Mikataka on the ground, half in Banok form, half just being a torso on the ground. So good. Yes. So bizarre. What a weirdo. I'm glad he's trapped in that tower forever now. <laughs> I do also love that. Oh uh, man, we kind of skipped over that after he got pinned to that wall. Toyohiro was like, yeah, that's, that's got to suck for you, but... um. You know, you'll get out of there eventually and there's some medicinal herbs down below. Good luck. <laughs> Another great moment of, hey, Okiyasu, you really like things that are on mm. the ground. A lot of good character moments in the, in oh the, um, so in the Superfly subplot. Yeah, so good. In the Subfly superplot. <laughs> Lowlights. Okay, so this, this is... I know I get on the logic of everything, but... But, but, hey, you didn't know that this was actually part of the thing that was being cut off. And, and then it worked in your favor because you cut it in such a way that it worked in your favor. What? He huh? did know. No, but he didn't know. No, Mikataka thought he didn't know, but oh. he did know. He's lived in that tower for so long. He's been thinking about nothing but escaping. He knows all the angles. Are you sure? Yeah, is that's he... what he said. Because he didn't that know. That is what he said. Okay, all right. Low light defeated. God damn it. Alright, then my other low light is probably, um, I mean, probably just the Koichi bit, to be honest. Because nothing really happened? Because nothing really happened. Like, it, it's kind of like, we have a whole lot of setup that hasn't been paid off yet, but that setup was nothing. I liked it. I didn't have a problem with it, personally. Well, it was like, okay, so the whole thing was, Koichi walks down a street, gets stopped, and now is gone. Yep. What's going on? Who is this guy? But it's like... Trouble? There's very little there. I do like it in the context of everything else, but that just alone is like, okay, we, we couldn't have just quickly gone over this in an, an episode where we could have... Okay, whatevs. I suppose my highlight is... Um, I mean, sorry, my low light is probably actually of a similar nature, but actually of something that I found more egregious, mm -hmm. which was the, uh, the very nothing aspects of the Rohan intro. Wait, what was Rohan's intro? I mean, the first bit where he's looking over his photographs and we see the guy in the background, very good. Mm -hmm. The bit where he's just looking through the peephole, not really much to it. I feel like that could easily be slotted into the mm. next time. Yeah. Also just removed. Where it's like, there's a guy at the door. Well, the guy Open being the at the door becomes significant. Oh, okay. All right. Are you sure? Because it feels like he's never going to come back. 
I mean, with that yeah, kind he's of... like, do you have a moment to talk about Jesus? And Rohan's like, no. Although, I do need a religious character for my upcoming <laughs> manga. No, it's like, do you want to... Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Saviour? It's like, I don't believe in a Lord and Saviour unless I'm that Lord and Saviour. So, fuck off. Oh, wait a minute. Manga. Manga. So, Nick. Yep. Thursday, July 15th continues apace. We're at like 10.30ish a.m. <laughs> We're at 10.30, maybe. No one knows for sure. Mikataka is stuck in a... Bind. A, yep, he's bound in an electrical tower. The guy's like, I'm going to escape. Josuke's like, no, you're not. Tomoko and Koichi have gone missing. No one realises that yet. Oh. And there's a man at Rohan Kishibe's door. And yet, and yet, ever so slowly... Yoshihiro Kira feels the net tightening around his son, Yoshikage. What do you think will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable, in Thursday, July 15th, Part 2? Hmm. So it's still the same day. Same day. Okay, here's what I reckon. The dude is going to be like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Bye. See ya. To which... Okiyasu will hopefully use any form of sense. Okiyasu will hopefully do something. And use the hand to be all like, get the fuck back here. Shove him back in. Get Mikataka out. Or, even better, someone goes in, unbounds. Nobody ever comes in. Nobody ever goes out. Explicitly no. (laughs) Uh, They go in. They get Mikataka out of the bind. And they throw him out. And then they're all like, great, now I need to get out. Akiyasu's all like, let me go get that guy back. We'll throw him in so you can get out. What if they just lived in the tower in shifts now? I mean, it's not unreasonable to think they'd do that. It is a manga. (laughs) Anyway, they'll shove him back in and be all like, all right, we'll let you out if you tell us this thing because we've got a way to defeat the tower. Ah. We're not going to tell you what it is because we're smart. We're smart kids. We're young. Can't you tell from our extremely chiseled physiques and mikataka's like i'm over a thousand years old because i'm an alien hey mikataka shut up with that (laughs) shit (laughs) meanwhile on the other side of town yoshikage kira serial killer and hand fetishist that is no longer yoshikage kira but is in fact this other guy (laughs) uh he will be all like i'm going to go about my normal day but the kid is going to be all like, I'm going to follow my dad. I'm going to leave school at lunch and follow my dad. Yeah. He's going to wag school. (gasps) That's right. Becoming a delinquent. Exactly. Just like Josuke and Koichi. Yeah. Maybe he'll become a good guy as well. Whoa. Except everyone will hate you because you keep eating things out of the fridge. Um, So he's going to try and follow him. And then Yoshikage Kira will be all like, why are you following me, you little shit? Better murder you. Or, better still... Uh, Kira Dad Yoshihiro Yep He will Come on down Be all like Huh It's that kid That keeps following my son Shoot him with the arrow Yep And then hopefully he'll die Oh no He has a stand power now And it'll be like The process of Why do I feel so weird Would he become A villainous stand user Or a protagonist stand user Hmm I think he'd be something of an anti-hero uh, So he would <laughs> Like Wario Yeah He obviously doesn't want his dad to lose But he knows that he's not his dad But he doesn't want to work with the good guys To kill the guy Who's obviously not his dad Oh his mum would be upset Yeah exactly What do you think is going on With Koichi and Tomoko and this guy? Oh I think they're gone From the show <laughs> And uh, that's no. a wrap on Koichi <laughs> So I think I think this guy Has obviously stand-powered them mm-hmm. 
uh, like Austin Powers, but with stands. Hi, I'm Stan Powers. <laughs> Shagadelic. Now, we need to replace Shagadelic with something to do with standing. Fuckerific. Yeah, sure, that'll do. Hi, I'm Stan Powers. Fuckerific, daddy. <laughs> He's actually just a lamp standing. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe his stand power is similar to Darby. Oh, yeah. Capturing people, put him in it, but it's like the whole body. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be all like, ha I've got your souls. <gasps> what if it's young Darby? <laughs> you always come up with like, when are we going to get the third Darby? <laughs> I mean, what if it's the third Darby? Like, come on. Have some enthusiasm for what's coming next, Liam. Anyway, so if it's the third Darby, then that makes sense because they'll be all like, hey, I'll let you have these guys back. Try to roll be like, Darby. Hey, I remember you. You're an asshole. How about this time I just don't punch you in the face and you give us back the things? I'd be like, okay, all right. Or alternatively, he'll just be an asshole, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Vanilla Ice style. He'll be a super intimidating dude. He's like, I don't like human beings. That's why I like eating them, Wario style. Chomp chomp. So he'll be all like, yum yum. They're in my tum. They're gone forever. And then Josuke will be like, no, they're not. Blur. It's ah, like, it's an old lady who swallowed the fly situation. Exactly. Perhaps he'll die when Josuke's well, done with him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And doubt. finally, what's going on with this guy at Rohan's door? Okay, so Tantan, as he is now formally known mm-hmm. from here, here out. Okay, so he's a fucking weirdo. I, <laughs> of that we can be certain. I, uh, I'm not entirely sure. It's obviously something to do with he wants to either meet Rohan, he wants to talk to Rohan, or he wants something to do he with Rohan. He wants to suck his blood. Yeah, so maybe he's one of the guys who wants to kill Rohan? Question mark? Like a uh, abusive stalker fan? Yeah. Thing. So we've got a real... What was the Stephen King novel? Misery. A real misery situation. But we already had a bit of a misery situation when um, Yukako kidnapped Koichi. Yeah, but this time it's a manga artist, so it's that much more personal to us as fellow manga artists. Mm -hmm. You can read my manga. um, What was that guy's name? Stand Powers. (laughs) Stand Powers, Volume 1. It's fuckerific. Yeah, Stand Powers, fuckerific adventure. And uh, my manga will be... It's very obscene. (laughs) Well, let's just say it's not safe for the internet. So, yeah. Just pray you never see it. It's sort of like The Ring, but worse. So much worse. Worse in terms of what it'll do to your or just general quality. Both. Definitely okay. both. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, right, okay. Yeah, so I reckon he obviously wants something to do with Rohan, but I don't think Rohan wants anything to do with him, because as we know, Rohan hates people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he hates everything. He's a classic misanthrope. I don't know if he's a classic misanthrope. He was, I would say. We have, of course, talked yeah. about the evolution of Rohan's windows reflecting his character when <laughs> at the start they were all darkened and like yeah. he shut up in his house to yeah. avoid everyone. But in yeah, this yeah, very episode, we saw a person through his windows. Mm. Character development. Perhaps he's less of an asshole now or more of an asshole now. Mm. No one knows. Nobody ever goes in. Nobody ever gets drawn. And I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Yeah. Today was Thursday, July 15th, forever. It's definitely not November 12th, 10. It's not November 12th, uh, 10? Yeah. It's November 30th, 1933. Hitler rises to power. (laughs) (laughs) Rises to power in the form of puberty. I think it was like January 2nd, 1933 or something. February 2nd. Wait, is that literally when he... Got into power. November 10th, 
Six. I'm just going to uh, do a quick date check of one of my favourite conspiracy theory dates here. So when we said this is the end of the episode, what we really meant was this is just the beginning of a whole new adventure. A whole new B-roll, Liam. Okay, I have to ask, before you show it to me, what is this conspiracy? Kennedy assassination. Uh, Liam, I feel like... Ah, 22nd November 1963, Dallas, Texas, United States, Dealey Plaza, Hitler rises to power. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, this has been Jojo's Word, our Jojo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, we encourage you to tell your friends. That's it. Yep. Until next time. To, to be, be continued. continued.